0: They're testing one Oh, you got it? There we go. Good morning, everyone. Good to see you. What a beautiful day the Lord has given to us yet again. And what a good crowd the Lord has brought out for this morning. Looking forward to hearing uh, from many of you about what God's doing. But in the meantime, we're going to say hi to Robert and uh, Miss Joyce that are out there watching from a hospital bed. Uh, so just pray for them and as uh, they recover. Robert uh, is in the hospital. The. Um, the cancer and the radiation have deteriorated his tailbone so that it just collapsed onto his spine, his spinal cord, and they need to get that fixed. So they're going to go in tomorrow, put some rods and pins in and some cement to fill in some, uh, some holes and try to get it, that pressure off the uh, spinal cord. So if you remember him in your prayers, I know that they would really appreciate that. If you're joining us for the first time, if you would please uh, stop by the Welcome Center and let us uh, welcome you officially. We've got a gift for you, and if you're joining us online for the first time, scan that QR code. It lets us know that you're out there watching and always encourages us to, to see those things taking place. Camp Leonard Wood Pantry is out. It's right out here, we're collecting for uh, the Hazelwoods. What they do is, uh, in, their, in their service to the military is provide meals, at any time, but especially like on holidays when the, when the soldiers aren't able to go home, they can give them a place to go and feel like they're eating a home-cooked meal, things like that. And so uh, in order to help, we're trying to uh, supply their pantry. Uh, they've just gotten up and going, really, just the last few months. And so uh, that's what this collection is out there, dry goods, canned goods, those kinds of things. I think we may have enough large plastic containers, at least for the time being, unless you guys bring in substantially uh, more food. But anyway, uh, if you can just kind of keep that in mind for us for doing those things. And then the to Grand Prix is coming up, so if you uh, need to know something about that, see um, see uh, Mr. Matt. There is a quick parent meeting on February the 18th following the morning service, so that's in a, uh, another week or so. Uh, keep that in mind for uh, parents of the Grand Prix. Super Bowl Sunday. Please notice the way Super Bowl is spelled. Uh, it's... Uh, going to be next Sunday, the 18th. The gift class will be uh, having the teenagers and their families be hosting them for soup and whatever else that they bring in to eat. It's always been a great time. Uh, They've always enjoyed that time together. So uh, if you're involved in either of those two classes, uh, you can see Brother Darren if you have any questions about that. Teen summer camp is coming up. Believe it or not, summer is coming up. Now, honestly... You look out there and it's like, it seems like summer's coming up, doesn't it? Oh, I am so, whew. But anyway, that's a side point. Uh, So we're going to Kobiak this year, July 15th to the 19th There's a $50 deposit due by March the 7th. Uh, You can see Mr. David if you have any questions about that. And then today we have Taylor Maddie Woods with us. Finally, this day has come. Tonight, Brother uh, Taylor will be preaching for us, and uh, this is his official candidating uh, for the slot of youth pastor and whatever else we decide that we might want him to do. And uh, so anyway, there's a lot of things going on today at 4 o'clock. There'll be a meet and greet. It's a an open house type of concept. There'll be some snacks. You can come in from 4 to 5.15 just to spend some time talking to them, getting to know them. At 5.15, we'll have a and a time with the uh, parents of the teenagers and anybody else that wants to sit in, it doesn't really matter, but, uh, you know, we're trying to give the parents, the teens, a chance to get to know them a little bit uh, un- more uniquely, so that'll be 5.15 until about 5.45, and then he'll be preaching for us tonight. So your responsibility this morning is to find them and introduce yourself, all right? Because this afternoon, when you come back for open house, there's a test. I'm just kidding, there's not, I'm just but we'll, we'll look forward to that. They're going to come up in just a little bit and uh, share some testimony with us as well. So, and our Missionaries of the Week are the Willises in Spain. And what did I do with that piece of paper that Brother Chuck just gave me? Well, I don't have it. Brother Chuck was handing me off the uh, thing. I must have left it on some pew out there because it's the only place I've been. Uh, but anyway, they're uh, missionaries in Spain, and I know that they would appreciate your prayers as they work to... Uh, What's that group of people, the Bop? Ba- Basque Basque people, uh, the people group is the specific people group that they're working to reach. If you remember when they were here, that's a unique group within Spain, France. It, it kind of goes more than just it crosses uh, country lines. But uh, anyway, it's it's a very interesting group for them to reach, and so they're working to do that. Let's have the men come. We're going to take up the morning offering. And Brother Andy, I'm going to ask you if you would please to pray for the Willises to pray for. offering and to pray for the service that God bless.
1: Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much this morning for your love for us. Thank you for Jesus. And Father, we have so many hurting ones in our family of faith, and we just lift them up to you. And all those that are hurting besides Rob and Jeanette, we just pray, oh God, that you will just give them a special touch today, comfort their hearts, and just give them a peace that passes all understanding. We love them and want your blessing on their lives. So we just lift them up to you. Thank you for all of our missionaries. And Father, we pray for the Willises as they minister to those folks there in Spain. And I just pray that you will meet their every need, encourage their hearts too. And for the Woods, we thank you for them and their willingness to serve you in whatever capacity you have for them. So we pray your perfect will for them. And then Father, as the word goes forth this morning, I pray that you will just bless with your Holy Spirit the preaching of your word to touch the hearts of those that really need to respond, all of us really. And we pray that you will bless the offering, each one that gives. Bless them for their faithfulness. In Jesus' name I pray,
2: amen.
3: Thank you, Rachel. Be thou my vision. Go ahead and stand with me. It is Valentine's Day week, so we're going to sing all about God's love for us as we share love to those around us. So, so sing three verses of love lifted me. I'm seeing some people do it, all right? You know, you know what I'm about to say, right? Lifted, there we go. So I've seen some people do it, some have not. If you don't know, love lifted me, all right? So you go up on your toes. If you can't do it, then start lower and, and go up. I don't know what to tell you, all right? So we'll, let's go ahead and sing verse three, and then on that chorus, go ahead and uh, give us a lift. All right, here we go. Souls in danger, look
4: above. Jesus completely says, he will lift you by his love. Out of
5: Of the congregation which are able, please stand for the reading of sacred scripture. The epistle of Paul the Apostle to the Romans, chapter 12. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. May the Lord prosper his word, whereto he sent it, remain standing.
3: We're going to continue our song service by saying, Oh, how he loves you and me, both verses of this song. Song. This was a hymn of the month a while ago, um, but it's magnificent, marvelous, matchless love. We're going to sing the first verse, and then the second verse right away, and then the chorus, and then the third verse, and then the chorus. So just follow what's on the screen, if not follow me, and that we'll uh, we'll go with this together. Calvary. And I heard someone say one time that the God can't show us any more love than he showed us at Calvary. And that's what he's going to talk about this next on the deep, deep love of Jesus. It's, it's, it's through Calvary that we can have any hope of all, at all of future, of victory over sin, now of anything really is because of God's love they showed to us on Calvary. And so this is our hymn of the week. Uh, like I said last week, we're doing a new hymn of the month each week in the month of February. And so this is our hymn of the week, Oh, the Deep, Deep, Love, Jesus. Go ahead and stand with me. We'll sing all three verses of Oh the Deep, Deep Love.
0: Man, thank you guys. Thanks for substituting, too, by the way. Miss Jeanette was supposed to sing this morning, and uh, she's at the hospital with Robert, so we'll forgive her, so they stepped in. We appreciate that. So i uh, give you some updates real quickly. We had mentioned last Wednesday, I think it was, uh, Dr. Bob Robinson's granddaughter. Granddaughter? Am I saying that right? Vanessa was in a bad accident, ruptured spleen, ruptured diaphragm. They had to do some surgery, Didn't, wasn't sure if she was going to make it, but she made it through. Uh, got home, and uh, now she's got some infections setting in, so if you would just pray for her, that's a rough time. Then uh, we had mentioned also uh, Nate's cousin, Matt. Uh, this is Nate and Nina, back in the Zilla, several Nates, so for uh, But anyway, his cousin sneezed, 25-year-old cousin sneezed really hard and ruptured a a blood vessel in his brain and collapsed and died. His wife is six months pregnant, and so uh, a lot of things going on there, so if you'd pray for the family there, that's some difficult things to pray for, but we do have some other good news. So Miss Luna, Sharon, is here for the first service. She's sitting there in the back, for her first service with us, looking, are glad about that, and uh, good to have Miss Lisa Mackay. You might have met her during the, uh, during the missions conference. But now they're coming in to do some counseling training at Lafayette, and she's got her mom and a friend from the church with her, and so uh, they're just here for this morning. So then they'll be taken off, So uh, just so you know. And uh, they're not here this morning. I was supposed to announce it last week, and you know me. I, I remember everything beautifully. <clears throat> but uh, Danny and Remy are expecting their first little one as well. He'll be graduating with his doctorate in May and then taking off to up north. Where is it at? Warsaw. So uh, anyway, to, to work. But anyway, just uh, pray for them as well. And then you already know we have Taylor and come on up, Taylor and Maddie. They're with us. And uh, tonight he'll be preaching and looking forward to uh, hearing that. This is their official candidating Sunday. And I've asked them just to share a testimony. They shared their salvation testimony. They finally got around to it last time. If you remember, uh, Taylor just about forgot. But anyway, they shared their salvation testimony. But they've since gotten married and uh, so they're going to share with us a testimony before I come preach it.
6: Good morning. So I wanted to, I'll kind of do a quick recap and I'll start with my salvation testimony. That way I don't forget it. So I was raised in church. I'm born in Indiana. I grew up in Mooresville and Martinsville area. Went to Good Shepherd Baptist Church. Grew up there my entire life when I was six years old after Christmas Cantata. Pastor got up, gave a gospel presentation. And I leaned over my grandpa, and said, Grandpa, I don't think I've ever done that. And he took me to meet with pastor, and pastor showed me through scripture how I could accept Christ as my Savior, and I did that that day. Later, when I was in junior high, I was about 13, I went to a camp, and they were preaching on taking the torch. And it was kind of that theme of Elisha taking that mantle from Elijah. And I had thought about, I was only 13, I really hadn't thought about what I was going to do in college, that kind of thing, Um, but I... God was just putting on my heart, maybe that's me. Maybe I'm the one that's supposed to take the torch. You know, that's a great theme, but maybe I should personalize that. And I kind of thought about that through the next year, went back to the same camp, and God confirmed that in my heart. I was like, okay, God, I'm going to go into ministry. And a couple years after that, confirmed it even more, said, okay, specifically, I'm going to do youth ministry. I am going to work with teens. So after that, I decided to go to Pensacola Christian College. I was a youth ministries major there for four years. Um, it only took me four years. And, uh, so I went there and then after that, I was kind of had some unknowns. I was, okay, what do I want to do after this? I'm, I didn't have a church lined up that wanted to take me. I was still single at the time and I was kind of just wrestling. Okay, God, what do you want me to do? Should I just go back home, work for my dad? What should I do? And I had some teachers come up to me and said, Hey, um, maybe you should think about going to seminary. I'm like, I've been in school for four years. I don't want to go to six. Like only doctors do that. I'm like, I don't want to do that. So I was kind of wrestling with it. I was like, okay, you know what? I don't have everything lined up. God, okay, I think this is where you're leading me. I'm going to do that. And I tell people this every time, and I truly believe it. God would not have sent Maddie my way if I had not agreed to go to seminary. And not long after I committed to go to seminary, God sent Maddie my way, and she is my best blessing I have ever received. And we got married in December. And I pray that you would pray with us. It's a transition time, going from single and then dating and then being married. It's, I mean, you're going from living in dorm rooms to the dishes have to go in the sink when you're done with them. (laughs) And you're kind of, it's a transition thing. So I pray that you would just be with us. Um, It is, marriage is awesome. Um, I have loved every single second of it. Maddie's just made it even better. Um, But I thank you guys for having us. And I mentioned this to Pastor yesterday. We had a men's breakfast yesterday and kind of on the drive back. And I said, you guys have absolutely spoiled us. You guys have been a huge blessing as a church family. And I just cannot brag on you guys enough. I am so thankful for everything you guys have done for us. Stocked our fridge over at the ministry house. You guys are letting us stay over there. Um, You guys have been a huge blessing to us. I just want to thank you guys Um, and thank you for having us.
7: So I'll kind of do a quick little recap as well. I grew up in a Christian home and I actually got saved at Camp Kobiak in seventh grade. And so that camp has always meant a lot to me ever since. Every time I go back, it just feels extra special just knowing that that's um, where I finally got saved. Um, And then in high school, I committed my life to the Lord and I knew I wanted to be in ministry and that was always a dream of mine. Like I always wanted to be a pastor's wife or I always wanted to be in some kind of ministry. And I obviously didn't know Taylor yet. So I didn't know how that would all work out. Um, I met him in college and that was like one of the first things that stood out to me. Course, there are more, but oh, he's studying to be in ministry. Interesting, I kind of like that. (laughs) And so, um, but yeah, so ever since then, like we've just gotten closer, we got married, obviously. I've been working in a Christian school in Florida, and so God's been teaching me a lot. And one of the main things that God's recently been teaching me is just how do I show um, how I'm living for Christ? You know, we say that we live for Christ, but how do you really show that in your daily life? So that's kind of a testimony for something that I've really been learning recently, just how I can really be putting into action my faith um, with how I react to others, and how I just live my daily life around my school kids and around my family and around everyone around me. So, thank you for having us. Thank you,
0: guys. Tonight, so at least from Taylor tonight, so look forward to that. Take your Bible to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. So this is, if you didn't catch this yet, guys, this is, according to Pastor Brett, Valentine's Day week. Uh, so, meaning that sometime this week is Valentine's Day. You should know when it is, right? When is it? Wednesday, which means you can't take your wife out to dinner because you're going to be bringing her to church. <clears throat> so you've got to figure out some other thing to do in there. But anyway, so we're going to keep that theme going. We're in Ephesians chapter 5, and there's nothing new, right? I, I figured out a long time ago, especially when it comes to theme Sundays, like Mother's Day, Father's Day, uh, Christmas, Easter. I have nothing new to say, nothing new. So if you say to yourself, I've heard this before, you're absolutely right. Unless you were one of those that fell asleep, and you might not have heard it before, but you know, this is just stuff that we hear all the time. Honestly, if you've ever been to a wedding that I've done in the last, I don't know, 10 years, uh, you've heard this for sure, because we're going to walk you right through that concept. So I'm really speaking primarily to the men today. And I'm speaking specifically to those men who are married or hope to be married, right? If you say, Pastor John, I was married, but now I'm widowed or whatever, what does that mean to me? Well, it means that you have much to pass on to a generation below you. If you say, Pastor John, I don't know that I have any prospects of being married, then let me tell you at least how to be someone who might be ready to get married someday, right? I have no idea what the Lord has in store for you. I don't know. Uh, I can tell you, though, in my experience, I have met on, I would guess it's on less than one hand, the number of people who I believe are called to be single. Do you understand? I mean, if you are struggling with your purity, can I be the one to tell you? You're not called to be single. Get married. Do you see? How, that's what the Bible says. It's better to marry than to... You know what the Bible says? It's to get married. You know, I mean, you ought to be, that ought to become your goal. I mean, I'm just, I'm just telling you, there are not that many Apostle Pauls, even in the Scripture. Uh, you know, there's not many who are called to singleness. It's a challenging life. And so God, God looked at us guys. You know what he did? He looked at us and he said, oh, man, look at John over there, that poor, pathetic guy. It is not good that man should be alone. That's what God said. It's the first not good in the Bible. You know that? God created, first day, it is good. It is good. It is good. It is good. It is, And he finally looks at this and he says, It is not good that man should be alone. And so he's done some wonderful things for us. And so we're going to kind of just walk through this. Ephesians chapter 5, starting verse 17. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, be not here's the, And here it is. He's going to give it to you. Uh, be not drunk with wine, where it is in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Give thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting yourselves, by the way, catch this next phrase, one to another. This isn't one-sided submission. One to another in the fear of God. You say, well, Pastor, that does, he's not really talking about marriage. Oh, look at the verse the very next verse. Wives to your husbands. I mean, he really is. And he says, guys, if, if we think that we're just going to be in charge, <laughs> first of all, it's laughable. <laughs> but secondly, it's unbiblical. You understand? That's not the concept that is given here. And I want to talk to you about that. Father, just meet with us today. Help us to be the kind of spouse that you've called us to be. Help us to embrace the roles that you've called us into. And we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So he gets into this uh, when he gets to verse 22, right? And the first one, if I was walking you through a marriage challenge at a a wedding that I would do, uh, there's three things, three L's that God lays out here for this man to be. And the first one is pretty obvious. He wants us to be a leader. He wants us to be a leader. Now, I'm going to challenge you with this concept of what leadership looks like, all right? Uh, since it happens to be also Super Bowl Sunday, all right? So there's a game going on tonight. Uh, how many of you are going to watch the game tonight? I'm just curious. How many of you are going to watch the game? A significant number of you are like, I'm just going to bed. Okay, whatever. I don't know, uh, I, I don't know that we'll watch all of the game, but we'll watch part of the game. But uh, anyway, here's, here's the concept. This is challenging. Coach. Coach is a good title. I want you to think about the coach for a moment. Is he the most talented person on the field? No. Compare him to the quarterback that's getting paid gazillions of bucks. He's not the most talented person on the field. Compare him to the running back. Compare him even to a lineman that's, you know, taking down 300 pounds in front of him. You know, no, the coach is probably not the most talented person on the field. But you know what else is, what, what's amazing about that is that while, the, while the, the quarterback gets paid more, the coach is in charge of the quarterback. But I want you to catch something the quarterback is not, or the uh, coach is not in charge. There's another guy involved, or gal, they're called an owner. And they decide. I mean they they have ultimate, right? They have ultimate authority over that team. They can take the team to another city. I was literally in Baltimore the day the Colts left Baltimore. What year was that? Am I now? 84, 1984. I had a group of teenagers. We were we were going to Washington, DC, and we had stayed outside of Washington, DC. We're in Baltimore. And I am not making this up. I almost got out and covered my license plate. Baltimore was like spitting mad, and I, it was not pretty. The Colts had kind of slipped away in the middle of the night. Remember that story? And uh, so uh, it, it was not pretty. And like, whew. Uh But you know why they did that? Because the ultimate one in charge was the owner. If the if the coach isn't doing what the owner likes, the The owner deals with it. And I want to just say this to all of us. We are not our own, for we are bought with a price. Guys, we're not the ones in charge here. We're the coach. We're the coach. We're not the owner. You know what the coach does? He does everything he can to help the team win. That's what the coach does. And here's how he does it. He says, wow, this guy's really good at this particular job. I'm going to let him do that job. Do you understand? This is, he knows how to get the team to work together as a team. That's his job. So sometimes, guys, we get a little bit, when we read this next phrase, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as unto the Lord, and we take that right straight to our head, and our head gets way bigger than it ought to be, and we need to remember, we are not our own, for we are bought with a price. That our role is not to be in charge. We still are under authority, guys. That's us. So I'm, I'm just challenging us to consider how we do this. Why? For the husband is head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church, and he's is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Now, Peter says it this way. Now, I'm, I'm, you can argue this, and you'd be right. What I'm about to quote from Peter is specifically about pastors. But the reality is, you know what husbands are doing? They are shepherding their families. That's what they are. They're the pastor of their little flock. Like I'm the pastor of this little flock. Like Jesus is the pastor of the flock. Do you understand? Of the whole flock. And so there's a, that pecking order, so to speak. But listen to what Peter says as he's talking to pastors. He says, The elders that are among you I exhort, who am an elder also and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also partake of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God, which is among you. Dads, it's our job to make sure that it's being fed spiritually. Taking oversight... Not by constraint, not because the pastor's brow-beating you into it, right? But willingly, not for money. By the way, your job, dads, is not to see how much money you can make the family make. If we just make this application to families, right? I'm not supposed to be pastoring in a way to, to, to get financial gain. You're not supposed to be you know, parenting or you know, being a husband in a way to get financial gain. Well, let's see. I'm going to marry the one that brings the most to the plate doesn't make sense. That's not what we're supposed to do. And so uh, it says, not for filthy lucre, but ready mind. But look what it says in verse 3. Neither is being lords over God's heritage. You know what? I'm your pastor. And similarly, you're a pastor of your family flock. And just as I am not the Lord over you, you aren't here to serve me. We are here to serve Jesus. Do you understand how this works? You're not here to serve me. I'm not in charge. You know, And we're not the Lord over. And neither dad, husband, is that our role in our home. We're not lords. We're not the owners. We're all together. All of us. Bought with a price. And are all together working to glorify God in our body and spirit, which are God's. So, first thing to do is be a leader, right? you got to be a leader. I'm going to give one little snippet with each of these to the ladies, all right? If he's going to lead, you must follow. Boy, I wish my husband would just be the the guy God wants him to be. Hello. (laughs) You know, uh, in order for someone to lead, they have to have someone else who's leadable, right? Who's willing to be led. And so that comes in. But the next thing, still in the same passage, here we are. Uh, is not only are we leaders, guys, but take a look at verse 25. Husbands, love your wives. We are lovers. And uh, so I I love this. Uh, I I just love this whenever guys say, I don't believe in Valentine's Day. It's just a spiel to get money. And I'm absolutely fine with that, assuming that you treated your wife like a queen last week. Do you understand? But if you think that just taking a stand against Hallmark is an excuse for being a jerk of a husband, you misunderstand what this is all about. Look what the Bible says. Husbands, love your wives. And here's how you do it. As Christ loved the church and did what? Gave who? Himself for it. This, if your love doesn't look sacrificial, she's still waiting. Do you understand? And she's disappointed. Because that's what we're supposed to do. Our love ought to be sacrificial. If she's always the one making the sacrifices, right? Honey, I know. I know. I've been fishing 17 times this week. I'm not against fishing, by the way. I'm just picking something out. You know, pick something. I know. I've been out in the workshop. I know. I've been. You know. You fill in the blank. I'm not picking on anybody. You get the idea. It's that if she's always the one making the sacrifices, something's missing on our side. And can I point this out? This is an interesting thing in the scripture. There is a verse in Titus where the women are commanded to teach other, the older women, you can decide if that's you or not, the older women are commanded to teach the younger women how to love their husbands. Because women naturally love us the wrong way. You want to mother us, and we don't need a mother. We've got one. We need you to come alongside and and serve with us. We don't need you to mother us. Because mothering gets really close to nagging, and we don't like it. I'm just being honest, right? But, so there, women are supposed to teach women how to... But there's not a command in the Bible that says, Wives, love your husbands. But there is a command in the Bible that says, Husbands, love your wives. And I, I, I'm kind of reminded that naturally, guys, we don't do this well. And God knew it, and he told us. I mean, God God literally said, I'm going to have to remind these guys what they're supposed to do. Sometimes, we had somebody in our church, you would recognize them if I said their name, so I'm not going to say it. And they came to me, literally, with their wife in tow, and said, Pastor, I don't need to tell her I love her. I told her when we got married, and if I change my mind, I'll let her know. And I'm like, yeah, you, you keep that thought. That's, yeah, whatever. And, and I'm just telling you, there's a woman on the other side of that, that line that's walking away disappointed. Because you know what it doesn't reflect? This verse. As Christ loved the church and gave himself. And we've got to understand, guys, God looked at us and said, not only does he need some help, but he's going to need help in knowing how to do this. Husbands, Love your wives. By nature, we love ourselves. That's just us. We are. Self-centered, egotistical. That's what we are, ladies. Sorry. I'm sorry to be the one to have to tell you. That's us. And so God says, you need to die to self, John, and love your wife the way I've shown you how to do this, as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. So we're not only supposed to be leaders, but we're supposed to be lovers. And there's a reason for this. Verse 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water and by the word. So he's, he's, he's comparing us and our relationship to our wife to Christ and the church. And he says, I did this so that the church might benefit spiritually. Guys, can we pay attention here for a moment? You know why we love our wives? So that our wife and our families are benefited spiritually. That, they might, that he might cleanse them. That's, that's the example that we're given. We have a role here, and it's a spiritual role, that he might present to himself a glorious church, not having a spot or wrinkle or anything, any such thing, that, he should, that it should be holy and without blemish. Do you know how our families turn out right, guys? It's because we love our wives as we ought, and we love our families as we ought. And when we don't and we insert ourselves in there instead of our wife, the result is that they don't turn out without spot or wrinkle. And holy and without blemish. It's a problem. And I'm not suggesting that people don't still have a will. I know they do, and we can do everything right, and our kids can still go the wrong way. I'm aware of that, but this is the prescription God's given us. So it meant to love their wives, so the Bible says, as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man can have ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth it and cherisheth it. So the Bible says, right, guys, this is what we do by nature. I have you ever done this? Have you ever looked at yourself in the mirror and thought, hey, I don't look so bad. And then seen a picture, and you're like, who's that guy? <laughs> it, when we see ourselves, it's just different. We see a picture like, I mean, I, I'm, I'm being honest. I, I, do, I see that picture out there where I had, and you guys all say, wow, Pastor, you had hair. And I look at that picture now, and I'm like, I didn't have hair then either. I was just fooling myself. I mean, I didn't have much hair, you know, but... I, but back then, I would look in the mirror and i thought, you know what? I'm not so bald. <laughs> and one day you just have to embrace it. Okay, I'm bald. Just get rid of it. I mean, it's just me, right? So, uh, you know, but we see ourselves differently, and we've got to, this is what the Bible's saying, by nature, we love this. We cherish this. We, we take care of ourselves first. You know, numero uno, number one, we, we're, that's what we're all about. If we're not careful, guys, that's not what. God wants us to be. So we're supposed to be a leader in our home. We're supposed to be a lover of our wives. And now we're going to turn over to 1 Peter chapter 3. The last thing. And you guys have heard these before, so you know what they are. 1 Peter chapter 3. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. And the idea is this, guys, that we have a job. Our role is to lead, to love, and to learn. About her. You know what my job is? My job is to find out what things take away her peace and help her to find her peace. My job is to find out what things are difficult for her to deal with and be that protector that steps in. It's not, this isn't just, I know her favorite color and her favorite. Flower, right? Those are good things. You ought to know those things too. But it goes much deeper than that. Uh, You know, do we know our. So now, remember, I'm a coach. My wife has strengths. I know this may surprise you, but you know, you see my wife being sweet and kind and gracious, and she is. But believe it or not, she's not wimpy. You understand what I'm saying? She's a strong, capable woman. And my job is not to be offended by her strength, but to find ways for her strength to be used for the glory of God. God's the one who gave it to her, not me. I didn't give it to her.? Right? So if God gave her this strength, He gave it to her for a reason. And I ought to find the way that, that her strength helps by the way, it's not just limited to the family. Take a look at the scripture. You know all of us, all of us have been, have been gifted by the Spirit of God, for the church. Ephesians chapter 4 says, so that every joint can work together. And so my role, I'm the coach, and I'm I'm supposed to be looking at these players and say, this is where you belong. Jump in there. This play is for you. You understand? And to, to give opportunity for the team, because the goal is for the team to win. The goal is for my family to be cleansed and strengthened and come out holy and without blemish and I if I think that if I'm so arrogant as to think that God just gifted me to do all this and I think I can do it on my own I'm setting my family up for disaster God put us together for a reason and so I'm to learn I'm to learn her strength and and give her an opportunity I'm to learn her weaknesses and to come alongside and shore them up I'm to learn her fears and to help alleviate those this is my job And if you think you know them all, you just quit talking. Can I be the one to tell you? You've just quit talking. You don't know them all. You know, a long time ago, she quit telling you because she figured you'd, you were tired of hearing. And we've lived just fine since then, right? But that doesn't mean anything. If you haven't learned anything new about your wife in the last six months, you are not fulfilling what the Scripture says. Husbands, dwell with them. According to knowledge, and look what it says: giving honor, giving what's the word again? Honor. Let me hear the men say: it. giving what? Honor. honor. We are the ones to give honor unto her, the wife. And it says this: as unto the weaker vessel. So let me, Taylor may help you out here, right? You probably already know this, but I'll help you anyway. Weak does not mean incapable in this, right? You know this. You've studied the Greek. You understand this. Weak does not mean incapable. It literally is saying this concept, irreplaceable. Think it that way, irreplaceable. So I always think of like, like, uh, so we have some dishes that sit in a cabinet that were handed down from Mel's mom to us. And from, you know where Mel's mom got some of them? From her mom. And they have no real value to the world. But they mean a lot to us because, you know why? They cannot be replaced. They can't. You break them and it's one and done. It's it's done. Our job, guys, is to look at our wives that way. She is that fine china that cannot be replaced. And I am not going to treat her as common Tupperware. She's fine china. My job is to treat her the right way. To recognize that God has made her very specific. And the reality is, if something happens to her, I just can't go out and find somebody else. It doesn't work that way. Because she is the one that completes me. Do you get this? It's not just anybody's role. It's hers. And I need to understand that. She's the weaker vessel. And I love what it says. Being heirs, what's the word? catch this guys, together you are not more spiritual than she do you get this? it doesn't work that way we're in this together and it's all about the grace of God on our lives we're in this together and so sometimes guys we we think you know man God must have really thought a lot of me to put me in charge he didn't put us in charge he's in charge Our job is to carry out his plan, not ours. Not ours, his. And his plan looks like this. Love your wives to to the point that it hurts, sacrificially. Lead your wives into a spiritual growth. Learn about her and give opportunities for strength, shore up weaknesses, all of those things, because we're in this together. That's what the Bible teaches. Leader, lover, learner. Heads bowed, eyes closed, please. It's Valentine's week, and most of us in this room have been blessed by God, given a gift that is fine china, irreplaceable. The challenge is, are we living up to that expectation? Dads, husbands, are we coaching our teens to victory? Or our are team, our teams suffering because we're failing to do what God's called us to do? That's the question. Now, if this isn't you because you're not married, then, you know, I'm just going to challenge you again. This is the kind of person that you need to be. Become that person. Uh, Jim Shetler has a little quote that says, don't, uh, what is that? Don't uh, look. Don't look for someone to marry. Be someone who, who they could marry, and then God will give you someone to marry. Something along that line, right? Just become that person. Right? I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. I'm just going to challenge husbands. Where are we at? Do we need to kind of today go home and say, Hey, let's talk. I've... I want to make sure you understand, my love is toward you, and if I have failed to make that clear, let today be a marking point. I want to lead us into godliness and righteousness, which means, dads, we're heading that way ourselves, and we want them to follow us into godliness and righteousness. That's what that looks like. In order for me to do that, honey, I need to learn about you. And it's been a while since I've learned something new, and I I want you to help me know something new today. Something I need to know. Something you wish that I knew. I I promise you guys, if we gave a piece of paper to every wife in this room and said, please write down three things you wish your husband knew, we'd have a lot of paper written. It's just a reality. Are we learning? Father, thank you for the wonderful example through Jesus Christ of what it is to have strong marriages, strong families. God help us, as men especially, to step up and coach. Help us to remember you are the owner. You are in charge. We're not accomplishing our desires, our wants, and our goals. God. Forgive me when I fail you, and help Melody forgive me when I fail her. Let's do this together. And Father, we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand. We're going to sing together, Just As I Am without one plea. The altar's open to you. If you need to step out and do business with the Lord, now would be the time to do that. As we sing together, you step out. You may look this way. You know, I say this all the time, you know that uh, I'm not standing up here telling you how how to do this because I'm the great example, right? The great example, even in this story, isn't a man that, uh, like you and I, it's the man Jesus Christ, right? He said, like Christ, that's how we do this. So, you, Please, don't follow my example, you know, just don't. If you can talk to Melody, she'd say, yeah, please, don't follow John's example. It, it, it's the way it works, you know, but... Um, you know, let's uh, let's. It's Valentine's week. Valentine's isn't here yet, right? So we still have a chance, guys. Let's uh, let's make the most of this week and get to next week and make her feel like she's the queen that God has given us. And uh, what a joy is Anything else I'm supposed to be announcing? Four o'clock. Four o'clock. Be back to if you want to open house. It's an open house concept. You can come and go, come and go, come and go. Uh, four to four, five Five fifteen. And this is. And 5.15 is, yes, oh, thank you. Uh, and I'm supposed to remind everybody that uh, the, there, was a, there was a baby shower. Miss, Miss uh, Jeanette had invited several of you to a baby shower this afternoon. She's at the hospital with, uh, with there. it was not a church thing. She was just having one here, but she wanted to, those of you who were planning on coming to know, it's been canceled. So I don't know when it's reset for her, if it is reset, or what's going to happen. But anyway, uh, that won't be happening. And I also forgot to mention, Robert said, he would love to have visitors. He said, I feel like having visitors today. Now, after tomorrow, he's going to have surgery, so it might not be quite the same. Uh, but today, he said, you know, if anybody wants to come by, it's a Methodist hospital. Uh, I got the, the room number on a text, but uh, Methodist hospital, so uh, I'll let you know those things. So anyway, 4 o'clock, open house, 5.15, Q&A time, and then uh, Taylor will be preaching for us tonight. Looking forward to that. Anything else we're supposed to announce? Lord bless you, keep you, make a space, shine going to give you peace. Love you all. God bless you. You're dismissed.